Welcome again to the podcast, and today I'm really excited. After being sort of discouraged about a number of things recently, I really want to say I am excited about the audio settings portion of my website. Now remember, it's in development, so when I say I'm excited about it, you know, I wish I could say go to it right now and look at it and tell me what you think, test all the settings, but it's in development. So silverlightphotocode.com slash audio. It's going to be cool. It's going to be exciting. But let me tell you why I'm so excited about it and what it is. So just so you can get an idea if you want to hang around to, to listen to this information. So basically, if you know about my website, the lens sensor specific settings, um, my cameras page. So the main reason I started my website, if you know about that, you know that it's all about me testing every single combination so that I can get myself uh, close to getting a good uh, video clip. So if you translate this to audio, it's going to be different. It's going to have some more variables, but it's going to be very exciting because it's it's going to still take the same principle of making it easier to get close with your starting footage or your starting audio, meaning there will be some slight adjustments you'll need to make, just like with the lens sensor-specific settings. And I'm going to try to make a YouTube video about that too because <laughs> I've been getting people saying, well, your final uh, comparison shot, it doesn't look sharp enough. And I'm trying to explain that the reason I err on being slightly less sharp than your final is because, well, there's a lot of reasons. <laughs> I'm going to write a blog post about it, and hopefully I'm going to post a YouTube video about that soon. But the point is, you want a good starting point. And yet, I don't shoot log. I don't shoot, you know, completely grayish looking. And so you're like, well, which is it? Is it straight out of camera, S-O-O-C? Or is it you're going to shoot in log and try to get as much dynamic range as possible? It's it's sort of in between, but it's a lot easier to use. And I'm going to talk about that in that video. So be watching my YouTube channel for that to come up hopefully soon. But today I'm going to talk about why, even though I was sort of questioning why I was getting into audio and trying to figure out if it's a good way to spend my time, I'm really excited about it now, and let me give you this short story why, and then I'll give the details about what exactly it is that I'm building. So the short story is I sat down to do my YouTube video this morning, and I realized that I had left all of my audio recorders at my girlfriend's house because I usually will do the standard tests here in the studio, and then I'll I'll go to her house because she's got cats that are really, they're really great. They meow. They're so cute how they interact. And I just, I love doing audio samples with the cats. And so, but I, but I, and you know how I like to have all my kit be portable. So I've got really small audio recorders, the Zoom uh, H1, H1N, F1, F2. Those are my main recorders I use. And then it, and the problem is when it's portable, you can accidentally leave everything somewhere. So I brought all my audio recorders there to test and to, to gather sample cat footage or cat audio. And then what happened was uh, we had we had inclement weather here. There's just we don't get snow very often. 
And so I just had to had to leave early and try to get home before it got too too snowed in and and I forgot all my audio. So now this morning I start working on my YouTube stuff and I don't have any audio recorders. And I'm thinking, oh, what am I going to do? So then I just think to myself, okay, I can wing it, you know, right? So I've got these really inexpensive wireless microphones sitting around that I did a video on YouTube about how to make them work better a while back. But I haven't really used those because I don't recommend them anymore for a number of reasons, reliability and etc. But, um, well, okay, I'll just tell you the reason. The reason is I'm only recommending wireless transmitter receiver units that record now. So that would be like the Rode Wireless Go 2, um, the DJI mic, of course, the wireless system from DJI. And then also, I have one I'm testing from 7 Rhymes or 7 Rims. 7 R-Y-M-S is the brand name. So I only recommend the ones that record because then you have a backup. And of course, you know, my number one thing for audio is, my tip is always have a backup. So this morning, I didn't have a backup. I'm about ready to to start recording for my YouTube uh, video. And I think, okay, I'm not following my number one piece of, you know, my number one tip for audio is to always back up your recording. It's also, you know, true for just video production. You always want to have a backup of your audio. So I started trying to look at, I've got all these microphones still here. I've got, it's just my audio recorders aren't here. So here I am trying to work on routing this inexpensive wireless unit through in my camera system into my HDMI switcher, my Blackmagic ATEM Mini. And then you got to select, okay, look at that channel and only take that channel. And so trying to avoid, well, here's the thing. I I couldn't record second system sound, which is to record it to an external recorder because I didn't have any external recorders. So here I am trying to use wireless audio from an inexpensive wireless unit. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, I haven't even really thoroughly tested this thing. So so what do I... Am I going to spend a half hour recording this YouTube video and then and then find out something's wrong with the audio and then I've got to do it all over again? It's like I don't have much time, you know, to do that. And so what are the settings, the audio settings on my website um, going to do to fix this in relation to this scenario I just gave as an example? Well, the audio settings on my website are... Settings that get you close to a good level, believe it or not. I know a lot of people are going to say, there's no way you could ever tell me or tell anybody what settings to use to start with because it's going to vary based on the, the uh, you know, how loud the person's voice is or, you know, all kinds of things. Well, I, I have a list of all of these factors that I take into consideration as I'm making my recommended audio settings. So the first thing is, just to describe what my system is, it just, well, 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 well the short answer, how, did, how would this solve my problem if I would have had my audio recorders that I've tested here with me? Well, I could have looked at my website, and I don't have all the data displayed live yet because I'm still testing it, but I could have looked at my database and I could have seen, okay, for the Zoom H1 with this microphone, 
And then here's the key. At a certain distance, or they call it proximity, I would start with this, you know, these basic settings. And those settings might be a little bit low. You don't want to err on the side of being too high because then it will clip. So you're kind of targeting, you know, just like when I do the camera settings, I err on the side of being a little bit less sharp or a little bit less contrasty than your final image is going to be. Because you can easily go the other direction, but you can't be too sharp and then come back or too contrasty and come back. You can't go the other direction. So for audio, it's certainly true that if you're too loud, you cannot recover that audio because digital audio has something, well, it clips, and then it just goes flat. If you look at the, the waveform, it's just completely, I call it flat topping, is what I call it. I don't, I don't know what the technical term is. It's maybe plateauing or something. But it basically just, and it, it just disappears. I mean, and, and it goes into what they call distortion. So you'll see the waveform is flat, and then you can't edit that waveform. So, but yet if it's too low, you'll see it stored, sort of look still like a, you know, mountain going up and down, hills, you know, as, as you go down the timeline. But you can boost it, and that will just get taller. The mountain will get higher. The valleys will get higher even. So you can't go too high. So I err on being just a little bit lower on the on the level that I target. You say, well, but how can you actually give people a recommendation for where to set their levels? You know, aren't some people loud and some people quiet? And yes, that is true. But what I'm doing is I'm getting you close, you know, because just as an example, okay, let me give you the real important part about, I said the recording distance. So my database is based on the microphone and the settings on the microphone. So there's a number of things you could talk about there. Uh, there's a plus 10 boost on some microphones. There's a plus 20 boost on others. Some have like a variable gain control that goes from 0 to 10, um, etc. So there's some settings on the microphone, uh, low cut also, sometimes high pass. And then there's settings on the audio recorder. So the audio recorder has, of course, the level, you know, like the it's called gain in some situations, but on the Zoom recorders, they call it the record level or the REC level, it just stands for record. And on like the Zoom H1 or the older Zoom recorders, it's just numerical from 0 to 100. On some of the newer ones, they have a dial, and the dial goes from 0 to 10, which is the equivalent. Well, when I test these microphones, I will test at four or five different proximities. So what I call a proximity is referring to the distance that the microphone is from the source. So like right now, I'm recording at what I call the close proximity. That is about three and a half inches approximately from my mouth. Now it could be a little bit closer, could be a little bit further away. But the general idea if you is if you make a fist with your hand and you put that in between your mouth and the microphone, you never want to go closer than that fist, generally speaking. Now sometimes I do, um, and, and it just can vary a little bit. And that's the good news, is you don't have to worry about being exactly 3.5 inches away from the microphone for my settings to work. But that's one proximity. And then I have four or five others, and each of those is based on a typical scenario. So the next one is what I call, um, well, lav or lavalier. So the lavalier distance 
you can pretty much standardize that. And I use about seven inches as the distance. And I use the, the hang loose sign. If you, you know, with your pinky up and your thumb out, that typically is around seven inches if you stretch it out a little bit. And that gives you just a quick way to measure the distance between the microphone and your mouth for a lavalier. So that's how I set my settings for a lavalier. You see, it just becomes sort of standardized. And then the next one I call vlog, which you could probably guess it's at arm's length. Now, when you hold out a camera and the microphone is on the hot shoe, it's going to depend how long your arm is. It's going to depend how big the microphone is. And sometimes they have a way to to kind of, I, I sometimes rig it up and I put a top handle on the camera so I can actually, you know, change the distance of the microphone or whatever. But the thing is, it's an approximate amount, uh, distance. And I think it's, I have to look at my website, but I think it's 22 inches. Let me just double check here because I do have an article on my blog post, on my blog page uh, about the proximities. Just looking here just to make sure I'm matching what I'm saying. So the article is on my blog post. It's called My Five Proximities for Mics for Budget Filmmaking. And the five proximities. So first of all, I said close. That's 3.5 inches or 8.89 centimeters. The lav, second one, the lav proximity is 7 inches or 17.78 centimeters. Again, you can look at my blog uh, page for this article. The third one, vlog, is 22 inches, and that's 55.5 centimeters. And you can you can tell that I tried to make this easy to remember, so, you know, you can be at plus or minus a little bit of distance in each one of these. And the next one is the traditional boom distance. So it's about 4 feet, or 1.22 meters. Now that's to be... Uh, that's a, that's an important thing to understand the difference between like a YouTube uh, vlog distance because a lot of YouTubers I'm sorry a YouTube boom microphone a lot of YouTubers will actually boom their mic at the same distance that they use for vlogging and that works really good really good really well because a lot of the microphones that are these mini shotgun microphones don't do too well at the traditional or the normal, like the Hollywood boom distance of about three or four feet because they're not designed to do that. You know, some of the very, very good shotgun microphones like the Ships or the Shopes, I uh, don't know how to pronounce that, but the really ex four or $5,000 really expensive ones, those can handle being at four feet away and they really do a good job picking up audio. But these little you know, mini shotguns that are on my list and the ones that I test and recommend, they do well up to about, you know, the vlog proximity of about 22 inches. So when you put one of those at the boom distance of four feet or 1.22 meters, there are some compromises. Um, it's workable. And, you know, in that situation, I usually add a booster. This is kind of another fun thing about my my budget audio approach, my affordable method is that a portable headphone amplifier, you know, that takes a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack input and then sends it back out so you can amplify and listen to it on your headphones. That is a great tool if you find one that has clean 
amplification. That's a really, really good tool to boost your audio. And then I can get some of these microphones to work at about four feet distance. It's it's not going to be as clean as you know one of these XLR shotgun microphones with a really long interference tube. But it's pretty good, and it's a lot better than if you didn't use the boost. You see, the reason another reason for using that little headphone amplifier is that instead of pushing the gain on your audio recorder, or even worse, on your camera up, you can actually take the gain really, really a clean, you can get a really clean boost from these some of these amplifiers, these portable headphone amplifiers. I have one on my audio page, a link to it, an Amazon affiliate link. And I really recommend that one. It's only about $30, $35 US. And it does a great job. I think it's by Neotech. And there are two versions. I would not recommend the Bluetooth version because I just don't really want any extra radio frequency happening. You know, but there's a Bluetooth version and a non-Bluetooth version. I would get the non-Bluetooth version of that. But link is on my uh, on my website. So, and then there's one more proximity. And the, it is not very common that I use this one, but I call it Zoom. So we had close, lav, vlog, boom, and zoom. Now, zoom is about 16.4 feet or five meters. Yeah, that's why I chose 16.4, because that's about five, that's five meters. Now, that is for outdoor, like distant natural sound or nat sound capture. And the, the reason I don't recommend that or just don't talk about that one as much is because you're going to be picking up background noise. And this is not for dialogue as much as it is for, like I say, natural sound or, you know, environmental sound. So that one does work really well if you know that it's going to pick up a lot of ambient noise. I think it's great for being on location. You want to get the waves in the ocean or the, you know, different things like that. It really does um, pick up a lot of ambient, but it does have, you're going to have some directionality with a shotgun microphone if you use that. Um, You're not going to be completely, you know, it's not like having a Zoom H1 using the mics that are built in, which is just like a 360 degree feel. Left and right stereo, stereo, uh, yes, but it's just pretty much everything. Um, Using a shotgun microphone at the my zoom proximity of you know 16.4 feet five meters, it's it's pretty fun. But I'm still experimenting, so I don't have all this, I don't have all the data on all of these yet. So why is this something that would have been a solution to my problem today? Well, you can probably guess that all it would have had to do is rig one of these microphones as a shotgun, a boom above me, and then have another one on my lapel and I would have had backup audio. But because I didn't have any of my audio recorders, I didn't have access to my database of all these presets that I use. Now you say, what do you mean the presets? Well, what I mean is, uh, just as, as an example, let me, let me look at my database just to show you, um, just to give an example. So on the Zoom H1, the Zoom H1 has, I'm gonna to go to the Rode VideoMic Pro R. Okay, and at the vlog proximity. So I'm just pulling up my database and looking at it really quickly here. So here's an example of the settings that are in my database. So first of all, the first thing you note is what proximity. 
So the first thing is distance from the microphone to the sound source, which, you know, if it's, if it's dialogue, it would be the person's mouth. So for the Zoom H1, for the Rode VideoMic Pro R, at the vlog proximity, which is about 22 inches or 55.5 centimeters, I have the mic low cut filter off. Um, it does not have a high pass, so it doesn't apply. But then I have the mic boost on plus 20. Um, those things are all like specific to this scenario. So at 22 inches, you need the plus 20 boost on the microphone, the Rode VideoMic Pro R. And then here's the audio recorder settings. So for those settings on the microphone at that distance, the audio recorder has to be at 37 on the gain for the zoom, uh, the, the record level for the zoom H1. So you kind of see how that works. It's very specific. And the good news about that level 37, there's a story about that. I won't talk about that in detail right now, but 37 is like the optimal gain level for the Zoom H1. It's just strange because once you go to 38, there's just like a major change between 37 and 38. So 37, I think I have to look at where the range is, but 37 is really good if you can hit that. So that's what I started with. And then I just was experimenting to see, hoping, you know, hoping that the plus 20 would work and it did. And that was awesome. So the Rode VideoMic Pro R at plus 20 on the microphone at the vlog proximity of 22 inches with a record gain of 37 on the Zoom H1. So see, it's just super easy. And that gets me very close. It's super close. You're like, well, how can you know exactly? Well, I've tested it a lot and that gets me really close. Now I'm still working on, I just bought the dead cat for that microphone, the official Rode dead cat. It's called a dead cat VM PR <laughs> and it's a furry windscreen for the, um, the video mic pro. And that's going to change the settings as well. So I'll have another version um, actually, I'll probably replace the vlog proximity with the one that has the dead cat on it because you're almost always using a dead cat outdoors, or, or you should be anyway, if you can. I mean, if you, <laughs> you, you really do need it because of wind, at least where I live, close to the water, things like that. You just can't avoid it. So weather-wise, maybe it'll change, maybe you won't need it, but just in general, my vlog proximity, as much as possible, will have a dead cat on the microphone. So that's a furry windscreen on the microphone. So then back to the question, why am I so excited about this? I mean, is this like something that I just didn't like, why did I not think this is going to work? And then why all of a sudden do I think this is important? Well, because I, I don't know what, what it is about something where you, I've been doing tests, you know, a lot of repetition and, and just working on the database, not really getting any feedback from other people yet. And, but then I myself was in a situation where all the audio recorders that I normally use and all the settings that like a, the one I just talked to you about, I couldn't use any of that. And therefore I had to sort of try to wing it with my YouTube setup and working with a wireless uh, audio transmitter and microphone that I wasn't very comfortable with. 
And, well, let's just hope that the audio for that YouTube video comes out okay. And, and you know, we can work within a post, and we, I, I, just, I just know there's going to be some work ahead to try to make that audio sound better. But I would have been able to avoid all of that if I would have had the microphone and audio recorder combination that I had done the tests on. And that's why I have those settings on my website. So sorry, it might be something that, I, you know, I wish I could just say go there and use the settings right now. There are a few up there, like the one I just mentioned, the Rode VideoMic Pro R. I do have the settings for that. I have the settings for the Shure VP83, which is the competitor to that, which is the one I'm talking on right now. And I have a few other microphones, but it, it's not extensive enough. I've only got a few proximities done on each of those. And anyway... There's some data there. You can you can go look at it. It's silverlightphotoco.com slash audio. And you select the audio recorder that you'll be using. And then pick the microphone that you're using with it, etc. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's there enough that you could probably look at it. So, but let me just say this. When you use those settings and it gets you close, there's still something that I do to tweak the audio. And that's what I call microphone-specific EQs. So you know that an EQ file is like, you know, something, an audio adjustment that you make with a 10-band or the... Uh, you, there's a lot more than 10 bands that are accessible. You can use more than 10 bands to do this. But, you know, moving the bass or the treble or the mids to kind of optimize the sound for you know, for what you're looking for. Well, what I'm finding out is that each of these microphones has sort of some problems. And the the only microphone I haven't really had much to do with EQ is this microphone, the Shure VP83. It just sounds really good to me, uh, you know, just straight off the recorder. But the Rode VideoMic Pro R needs a lot of work. And I'm still working on perfecting the EQ file for that. So that's not available on my website yet. But that is the second step to the my easy workflow of how to get your audio close with my settings. And then the next step is to sort of perfect it by, by overcoming the, uh, I don't know what to say, the imperfections or idiosyncrasies of each microphone. And so that's what those EQ files are for there to sort of make it sound right. Now, I know some people like to add, like if they're, uh, I don't know, more of a radio voice, they want to have the, the bass be deeper and they want to do all kinds of things. That's not what I do. I try to bring everything to like normal, like how it actually sounds. And then you can go from there. The same thing I do with my lens sensor settings and LUTs is I try to bring it to look as real as possible. So for audio, I'm going to just correct it to sound real. And so those EQs are step two. Now you won't find any of those available because those are like the second step. And after I get all the settings and everything, then I have to build the EQ database. And then that's going to be the second thing that you would use my website for. So I am excited about it. So check back, you know, maybe two or three months, hopefully. Um, but I'm just saying that this is something I believe in now. 
It was a question mark in my mind. And now I'm really excited about it. As you can tell, I'm just like, this would have solved my problem this morning. Um, just need to have the audio recorder and microphone that I have in my database. So anyway, thanks again for listening. I hope to um, remember to check out my YouTube channel. I hope to have a video about um, the lens sensor specific settings and just more explanation of, you know, why it is that I don't go, you know, exactly as sharp as possible, but I just stay a little bit less sharp than needed um, for the final and same with contrast. But yet I'm not shooting flat or log where it's completely gray. So look forward to a video about that. I will also hopefully make a blog. I will be making a blog post based on that video as well. So you can read it if you um, want the details. So thanks again for listening. And my goal is to make this easy. And I think that today I just really realized that these audio settings are part of what makes it easy for me anyway, uh, for the video production workflow in the area of audio. So thanks again, and check out my website at silverlightphotoco.com slash audio in the near future. And for now, of course, the cameras page is where all my settings are that I've been working on for, for quite a while. So thank you, um, and have a great day.